Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Who can remember the words to that song? Star of hope. Star of love. You did good, Gail. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> we are still going through the Ten Commandments, which are a part of the law as a whole, governing their view toward God and also their view and actions toward one another. And because those kind of things don't change, there is, in most cases, a duplicate in the New Testament, which we have gone through with each of the commandments, and we'll do so with the one we're on now, which says, some ought not steal. Now, let me suggest to you, if you steal, how many of you are thieves? Practicing thieves. You're good at it. You want to be careful because I'm not done with that yet. <laughs> but if you steal, as we've come so far in this series on thou shalt not steal, but some ought not steal, and if you do steal, you must have a lot of resources. or be willing to surrender your own life to whoever you stole from until you pay back plus the percentage that God has tacked on for having stolen. Now, the very least, if you have stolen from somebody and you return it unharmed, what's the increase? One. Double. If it was worth $10, you owe $20. If you damage something while you have stolen it and you then decide out of guilt to return it, you have to pay how much? 500 to, uh, 400 to 500%. So you see, if you're going to be a thief, you have to have a lot of resources working for you. Because if you end up returning something or getting caught and you don't have the resources to pay that plus the fine, then you have to turn yourself over to whoever you stole from and they can work you until you bleed. So, if you have nothing and, you, and you're hungry, and you steal, 
you have to pay back how much? Seven times. <laughs> yeah, that's another issue. We'll get that on the next command, thou shalt not covet. We'll talk about that. You know what covet means is when you desire something for yourself at somebody else's expense. Not a whole lot different than this one that we're dealing with. But <clears throat> if you do not have the resources to pay double, you ought not steal. Or if you have, do not have the resources to pay seven times, you ought not steal food. Those are the ones who ought not steal. Or if you have nothing and you get caught, you have to become someone else's property under 100% of their control. That's how God thinks about the ownership of property. God is establishing back here the ideal of property. And the do not steal is put in there because of how God looks at the individual's property. So if you can't pay double, don't steal. If you can't pay seven times, don't steal. If you don't have any money to pay back, don't steal if you don't want to become somebody else's property. And that's the beginning of divine for a point of time while you pay back what you stole plus the fine attached to it, you became 100% under the control of whoever you stole from. How would that affect the market today if that were practiced? Boy, that's one way to snowball your debt. Yeah, you're digging a hole. So <clears throat> all stealing, all forms of theft is based on the idea of redistribution of wealth or property. Probably better to say the redistribution of property than of wealth because sometimes we associate wealth with big money. But wealth is simply whatever it is you have accumulated and stealing is simply the principle of redistribution. That you have the right to redistribute what somebody else has to you. That's redistribution. So whatever level, and that includes, folks, not only physical property, but when you steal somebody else's time and waste their time, isn't that a part of your wealth or a part of your life? So we have to be careful not to just allow our time to be given away or stolen from somebody that has no product and no nothing comes out of it. What about knowledge? That's the wealth that some folks have that ought not to be stolen but we think of it in terms primarily of material things that we have accumulated and to redistribute that is what a thief poses to do at whatever level and of course when God says thou shalt not steal that's 
That's a broad statement. Thou shalt not steal, period. Why? Because everyone is to have 100% control of what it is that is theirs, whatever it is. Now, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 33. That's where we've been so far, kind of. Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 15. I'm going to start with verse 14, as usual, kind of pick up on a little bit on the uh, context. And there's more here. Uh, If you wanted to go all the way back to verse 10, you could. In fact, let's do. Let's go back to verse 10. We're, We're not in any hurry. A lot of our folks are not here today, are they? Um, I think that's going to be worthy of a double whammy. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 10. Mike, sure glad you made it today. And I appreciate you calling and letting, letting me know. You all know Payson. He's the good looking one over here. <clears throat> Are you a thief, Payson? No, that's good. Good, good way to get into debt real quick. I always like for you know you ought to be able to leave your car, or your truck out in your driveway with the doors unlocked. I like to do that because I know that I know that our system will, if if it gets stolen, then I'm going to have four trucks tomorrow morning. If they damage it. All right, verse 10, chapter 33, the book of Ezekiel. Let's not hurry. You know, if we run out of time, we quit. Now, as for you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, God speaking to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, this is what I want you to tell the house of Israel. Thus you have spoken, saying, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we are rotting away in them. Is that graphic? How then can we survive? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now, you know, the Bible has the other side of that coin where it says that God finds his pleasure in the death of the righteous. God gets all excited when he knows you're going to die. Is that how you feel? (laughs) But it says God does. God takes great pleasure in the death of his people. You know, you're not meant to be here forever. How many of you expect to be? Looking at you, you ain't going to be. You may think you are, and you may feel like you're stuck here, but you can trust us all on this one, is that you won't be here forever. Which reminds me, if we get through January, and if anyone wants to have a Tuesday night class, I'll be available, but until then, January is my heavy month with the... um, the DRs. So we don't know what's all going to come out of that. I kind of wanted to wait till we got through January to see how things went. 
All right. Uh, we, we are rotting away in them. And, you know, we think of sins as the eight cardinal sins, but, but really the Bible always includes dispositions, attitudes. So I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. That's God's objective. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, you say to your fellow citizens, the righteousness of a righteous man will not deliver him in the days of his transgression. No matter how good you think you are, if you go awry and die, you're in deep trouble. You need to think about that. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he, sh- he will not stumble because of it in the day when he turns from his wickedness. Whereas a righteous man will not be able to live by his righteousness on the day when he commits sin. So do you see there's a double whammy there. The, the one who does right will not be able to live by having done right on the day when he commits sin. You've got to make sure in, in, under grace, in grace, that you have Christ as your mediator, that you keep your sins forgiven. You didn't have that under the law. And on the other hand, the wicked man will not stumble because of that wickedness in the day when he turns from that wickedness. So what is the, what is the operative factor here? Is the individual is going to determine how he stands with God. If he's done wrong, he does right. He chooses to do right. It's up to the individual. If he does right and then he does wrong, he needs to get that cleared up or he pays the price. Always the individual responsibility. That's often overlooked. When I say to the righteous, verse 13, he shall surely live and he so trusts in his righteousness that he commits iniquity. You see, trusting in how good you think you are is in itself iniquity. You don't like that. Well, let me read it again. He who trusts, trusts in his righteousness so much that he commits iniquity in that trusting in his own righteousness. I am so good. None of his righteous deeds will be remembered but in that same iniquity of his which he has committed, he will die. But when I say to the wicked, now we want to plug into where we really are today. But when I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and he turns from his sin and practices justice and righteousness. So you turn from one thing to do nothing. No, that doesn't cut it. You turn from one thing, and then you begin to practice a new way justice and righteousness. If a man restores a pledge, now here's 
specifically where we want to deal with. If a wicked man restores a pledge, and uh, and or he pays back what he has taken by robbery. See, we've been talking about stealing. We've been talking about paying the penalty of having stolen something. Now, if he pays back what he has taken by robbery, walks by the statutes which ensure life, without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. That means this, folks. If somebody is a thief, he pays back whatever is required of what it is he stole and the requirements of that penalty of having stolen it. Once that debt is paid, he has restored life, and he is to be considered free of that transgression. He has no prison record. We like to put people in prison, and then we have records. Oh, yeah, we have. If you go to jail, you, you've got a record. Yeah, you, you're on the record book, right? Oh, yeah, you, you're, you're on the list. But you see, with God's way, somebody does wrong and then clears up the wrongdoing, they're clear. It is as if they had never done that wrong. That's the way it ought to be. And we don't hold that against folks. Once the debt has been paid, it's been paid. It's over with. It's done. It's gone. Now that person is free like you and me. That's why I'm so opposed to the prison system. Now there are some exceptions, but we're dealing with with robbery and theft. <clears throat> so... If he walks by the statutes which ensure life without committing iniquity, and in this case he's speaking about those who don't keep their pledges, they don't keep their words, or they have taken things by robbery, and they don't do that again, he shall surely live, he shall not die. And notice verse 16, how far reaching this is none of his sins that he has committed will be remembered against him. Now that's how God is seeing it. But the church folks are saying don't count on it. You know, right? right. Oh, we, we, we remember things. But God says it, they will not be remembered against him he has practiced. Doesn't mean he's always succeeded. He has practiced justice and righteousness. He shall surely live. And verse 17, I'm just throwing this in. It's out of our context, really, of ideas here. But your fellow citizens, yet your fellow citizens say, the way of the Lord is not right. Well, really, it is related, isn't it? These things, this is too stringent. This is too tough. This is very difficult. The way of the Lord is not right. That's what some of you folks were saying. How many of you were saying that to yourself? You know, it's just not right to make somebody pay back seven times what they stole when they were hungry. I bet you felt that way. You didn't? No. 
Well, I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it says that we don't, what, what did it say when we read that in Proverbs? Uh, you know, we don't look bad at a person who steals, but God says that person who steals, even though we may have an emotional feeling and understanding about that, he still has the requirement to pay back more than everybody else, seven times what it is worth of what he stole to survive with. We have a hard time. We have a hard time thinking like God, thinking like God thinks. And yet, you see, when we think like God thinks, and someone then has made it right, God says, wow, it's all clear, and I'll not hold that against him. And the people say, uh, like Pat here, the way of the Lord is not right. I'm not saying she said this. The way of the Lord is not right. But that's what we're thinking. We think that's just too tough. It's just too hard. But remember, God is establishing the value of private property. What is yours? Whether it's food or a car or a hammer. If you take somebody's property, that's what God is trying to honor, is the property of the individual no matter what and simply can't get, uh, be allowed to get in the way. It's allowed to get in the way of how we treat someone, but they still have a responsibility to meet their requirement. That's tough. So people say, the way of the Lord is not right. But he says, <laughs> I like what he says <coughs> in verse 17, but it's not that the way of the Lord isn't right, it's when their own way, is not right. See that? That's the latter part of verse 17. Okay, <clears throat> let's go to the New Testament. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> I suspect that being that we're almost out of time now, that I'm not going to get done today. <laughs> So we've got four words and how many lessons? Six? Six so far, maybe seven. All right. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. <clears throat> so we've, we've looked about a lot of what has gone on in the Old Testament, the ideas of which are carried over into the New Testament, and we gave Jesus illustrations such as Zacchaeus and others uh, <clears throat> at, and on an earlier day. Uh, way back there in four or five lessons ago. And now let's get to the apostolic application and where he groups it all together and gives us another, another thing to think about in chapter 4 and verse 28. And we'll close with this verse today, 428. <clears throat> all should steal. Y'all, everybody said, amen. <laughs> oh, you're playing with me now. All right. He who steals 
must steal no more. Just a little? What about stealing time from your employer? Isn't that theft? What about not paying all of your personal debts? Isn't that stealing? Yeah. Isn't Christianity practical? We just um, need to need to get this in mind. He who steals must steal no longer. Now, how do you interpret that? I think it's pretty clear. Put a stop to it. If you have, what's he say? Stop it. And there may be restitution required. Didn't say that here. <clears throat> but he's drawing that from the old covenant. But now notice how he, what he adds to that. But rather he must labor. Instead of stealing, he's got to go to work, whatever that may be, performing with his own hand moral work or what is good. Why? Not just so that he has enough to get by on, but the, 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 the motivation, the driving force of this one who is trying to break a theft habit is so not only that he has enough to provide for himself, so that he will also have something to share with somebody else who has need. Now that's a motivation. So now he's telling the folks there in the city of Ephesus, <clears throat> if you have in this pagan environment those who have come into your body who have a habit of stealing and making their life stealing, and a lot of folks do, a lot of folks right here in this town practice that. We have places where we, we have folks where we live where they have a, I think I've mentioned this before, they have Friday night is buggy burning day. Caught pacing out one time. They come in, if you leave your garage door up a little bit, you know, they, they can get underneath off of the reservation, they come in and they steal cars, take them over to the reservation and burn them, and nobody can go after them. They call it Friday night is buggy burning days, and we're all warned regularly through our little newspaper about, you know, making sure your garage door is all the way down tight. Don't leave your car out on the driveways. Keep them inside because of buggy burning day, and that's Friday night. Got to be careful. So I guess it's something that hasn't gone away. We still have those who steal. But he who steals must steal no longer. And he's talking about those who have made a practice of theft. Steals in the present tense. They are continuing to steal even though they have become a part of the body. Put a stop to it. 
And now that same one who has been a thief, go to work. Don't only go to work so that you have enough to get by with yourself, but that you work enough so that you've got something extra to give voluntarily to somebody who has a need. And that's one of the purposes of working. It isn't just to accumulate a lot of stuff. But a Christian has a, a, another perspective that we'll talk about somewhere along the line here, is that we were not to accumulate stuff, but so that we have something to perpetuate the kingdom of God. We work so that we have enough so that we can help someone who has a legitimate need, and particularly within the body, within the household of God, the Bible says. It defines it, particularly within the Christian body. So there is a motivation that is beyond just the accumulate. How much do you have to work to get by? Very little. But we, we just have more things that we want, more things that we want, more things. Oh, I like to have things. We like stuff. But whenever stuff gets in the way of you meeting your responsibility, then it becomes a hindrance. It becomes a sin. You have to make sure that we want the right thing. And now we realize that to work isn't just to work to meet our need, but we're to work enough and to be efficient in what we do so that we have enough to help those other folks who need help, particularly on a temporary basis and to provide the kingdom of God with the funds necessary to carry. See, God, I'll disagree with Nathan this morning. God needs money. God can't do a thing in the world without money. God can't pay Mike's bill without money. I mean, he's probably got insurance. But you know what my bill was? About 250000 I couldn't pay that. You all did. Thank you a lot. <laughs> Appreciate that a whole bunch, you know. And I don't, I don't even believe in the insurance program, but nevertheless, that's what we've got. That's what we do. And for that, I'm very thankful. Oh, yeah. But you have to realize that working isn't just for you. You work, and it embraces the purpose of other people, other needs, and of the church of the Lord particularly. We're going to have we're going to deal with uh, Psalms uh, Romans 13 next week and we're going to quit now. Okay, any questions? Any comments? Anybody mad? Well, I failed again. All right, we're going to sing away <clears throat> uh, in a main Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.